0: Welcome to the Prism of Torah podcast archive with your host Rabbi Asaf Aaron Prisman. This podcast features a Devat called Pashas Kisaitse, Judged Like Its Attic. To that it said, and he sent Lot out. What, in what merits, Chazal teaches us, was Lot let out? And the answer of Midrash Rabbah think Rashi brings it down in the Chumash, is because he was silent when Avram went to all these other cities that there was a risk that they would kill him because they because his wife Sarah Imenu was beautiful. So Avram pretended that she was his sister and Lot was able to keep it as a secret. And as a result of that Lot was saved from storm. And this is the, Pasuk, the the Midrash, I quote it, Chiran Lot The lot. What does Hashem remember? A lot. Sh'tikash The fact that he was silenced in favor of Ram at the time when he told everyone that Sarah was his, that Sarah was his sister, despite the fact that she was really his wife. And the question begs itself: If there's anything that we should think is a good merit for Lot, it's not this. This is obvious. Avram Avinu is his uncle. What he wants his uncle to die. Everyone knew that if Abraham Avinu would tell everyone that Sarah was his wife, they would kill him so that they can the king can marry Sarah. So what's the big deal? What's the amazing thing that Lot did that in in, in the merit of that he was saved? And to make it to make the question even starker, even stronger, we know that the Torah goes into many, many details in the same parsha, parsha's Vayera, to show us that Lot had such a high level of hachnasat o'chim. He welcomed strangers into his house in such a nice fashion, despite the risk involved. Because in the place where he lived, they didn't allow one to do that. And we see that when the angels that were dressed up as people that came to his house to tell him that Hashem wants to save him, we saw how he treated him in an amazing way. So you would think that if anything, the merits of hachnasat o'chim that we know that the Torah tells us how important it is to welcome people into your house and it's equivalent to being with Hashem and you don't hear anything about that and here comes the concept that will answer the master key for all these questions that we're raising we know there's a concept which means someone that's a righteous person so Baruch Hu expects more from him and therefore he gets punished in this world more severely if he doesn't live up to the level he's holding in. But this concept perhaps, and I think this is the truth of Emma's, this concept is true for every one of us in whatever we excel in. Meaning Hu created each one of us and programmed us in a different way. As we know, a person is made of different of different combination of fire, Eshuach mein which means a bit fire, wind, dust, and water. And as a result, we're all different. Moreover than that, each person has special gifts that our Kaddish Buhu gave each one of us. And everyone's different. Some people, it's very easy for them to give a smile to someone. For some people, it could be easier to have guests over. Some people, it's easier to learn. For some people, it's easier to teach others. Some people can be a better a better husband than others. And, of course, aside from these internal tools that we have, we also have external tools. Some people have more money than others. Some people have the ability of give to giving etzas to other people and help them out. And the way HaKadosh Buhu judges us is that in each area that we got special tools, HaKadosh Buhu judges us like, like tzaddikim, like people on a very high level, because we should be using the tools Hashem gave us, to do good with others and if we don't then it's a big time against us a person should be worried about that because of course it's expected of you to use the tools you got wherever they are to, to be the Hashem and to help other people and so too once we have this idea in our pockets perhaps we can solve all the questions we raised the last question was with lots why wasn't Lot saved in the merits of Hachnasat The answer is because the Kaddish buchu made it in his teva, in his nature, to be able to bring in people and be nice to them. So if he wouldn't done, if he would not do that, then he'll, then that would be Hachnasat buchu would be really upset about that. But the fact that he did that doesn't mean, wow, he should get so much credit for that because Hachnasat buchu gave him the tools to do that. However, contrary to the either topic that he wasn't so strong in if he was t- going to tell the enemies that, uh, that Sarah Menuh was really Avram's wife, he would get a lot of money for that, and that really spoke to him as we see in the other parshas how, but he didn't he, he, he beats his Yetzirah his evil inclination to not allow him to do that, and as a result that is a huge thing for him, because on his level, where his holding, that's very difficult to do and that's why the Torah tells us Midrash Rabbah tells us but that is exactly why he w- he, he, in that merit he was being saved from, from, uh, from Hashem saved him when uh, his city was destroyed. Using this nekuda we can also answer our original question. We said that HaKadosh says that Ammon and Moab they got this harsh punishment of never being part of of Israel They don't have the option of being part of the Jewish people. Why? For two reasons. One was very understood. Because it was so against us that they got someone to curse us out. But the other reason isn't so understood. The other reason is just because they didn't go out of their way to greet us with water and bread. And according to some opinions, they sold us water and bread. Just they weren't willing to give it to us for free. What's the big deal? The answer is it is a big deal. Because on their level, Hashem made it in their nature that it's so easy for them to give to other people. And therefore Hashem expected them to do that. But they worked against their natural inclination to help people out because they so want they did it against the Jewish people. And that is a horrible thing. Because they came from Lot. Lot had this natural inclination to do Ahn and to welcome people. So they had it in them and yet still they worked hard to uproot that positive nature. And that's why they got punished so severely. Having said that, we're in the times of Elo leading up to Rosh Hashanah. And with this concept, perhaps each one of us has to do Cheshbon Nefesh and think to himself, am I really using the tools Hashem gave me in a positive way? And if not, it's a bit scary because Hashem expects us to use the tools we got, whatever those tools are, to, to be Oivet Hashem, to help other people. On the flip side of things, it also can help us a bit because Sometimes we're not so good at at several things, but those things we didn't get the national inclinations to do it so easily, so even if we do it a little bit, that's unbelievable for us. Everyone has to be truthful to himself for his holding thezon <speaking in Hebrew> to continue growing from year to year, and our point of choice will go higher and higher. <speaking in Hebrew> as Rav Ladessser says because we'll each year grow and grow and things that were very difficult for us the previous year, this year will already reach a higher state. Good Shabbos. Shalom to everyone. Based on the Dvar Torah that I sent, or that I'm going to be sending, I also want to send this story. I think this story has an amazing message to it. It's a true story. It's a friend of mine that told it to me about himself. And I wanted to share it with you. I think it's very fitting for this time of Elul to put things in perspective that HaKadosh Baruch Hu is running the show and no one else. It's only HaKadosh Baruch Hu, and I think it's a phenomenal story. And seeing that I had the merit to hear it, I want to share it with you. The story fol- goes, as following this person, is, I would assume, around in his 50s, maybe 60s. And he told me about this story has to do with his mother's yurt it's around this time and he told me what happened around 20 years ago he was in chutz L'Aretz, and his sister and mother lived in Israel abruptly suddenly he gets a phone call a couple of days before Shoshana and he's being told that his mother is really not doing well but the good news is that the doctors are saying that there is one medication that she could take which will most likely cure her it's a one-time thing No guarantees, the doctor says, of course. But it will most likely cure her. And the problem is, in those days, it cost cost $8,000. And this type of medicine was not covered by the medical coverage that everyone had in Israel. So, panicking a bit, the sister tells my friend, tells her brother, what are we going to do? So, calmly, being a truthful person that has a lot of bitachon in Hashem, He tells tells her, listen, don't worry about it. We'll manage to get the money. Now, at the time, they didn't really have the money at all. But he still said, don't worry, we'll get the money. But she says, it's not enough to get the money. I need to get the money by tomorrow. If I don't have the money, they won't give me the medicine. We need it by tomorrow. He says, don't worry, don't worry. I'll get you the money. Literally an hour after that phone call, he's thinking to himself, what am I going to do? What am I going to do? He gets a knock at the door. This guy had a certain profession that from time to time people didn't always pay him on time. And suddenly he gets a knock on the door and this person that he almost didn't recognize because they did a certain job for his wife and the husband came and these people are known to always only pay with checks. Very by the book, everything's with a check, everything's recorded. For some odd reason he got literally $8,000 in cash. He could not believe what hap- just happened, and he was so exce- uh, so happy, and he said, Okay, HaKadosh you got me the money. It was really for a job he did in the past that he didn't get money yet, and now he got it. And he said, Please now help me find someone that will take it to, to Eretz Yisrael for me, to the city I need to. And then he runs to Shul, he davens Mincha, and after Mincha he goes around to everyone. Is there anyone that's flying to Eretz Yisrael? Everyone said, no, no. Finally, someone says, uh, so-and-so, Mr. So-and-so is flying. Go speak to him. So he runs to him and he says, is it true you're flying tonight to Terat He goes, I am, but I'm not going to Yerushalayim. He goes, that's fine. Where are you going to? And he said, I'm going to a different city, Nabrok. He goes, perfect. That's where I need the money to go. And so he gives him the money. And surely on time, the sister gets gets uh, gets the money and is able to go to the pharmacy to get that special medicine. So she goes to the pharmacy with a note from the doctor and the pharmacy person gives, to, gives it to her and she says, so how much do I, do I have to pay? And the pharmacy person working there, she said, you don't have to pay anything, it's covered. She goes, what? I don't have to pay anything? She says, yeah, no. So she didn't want to say anything. She said she doesn't have to pay, so she went home. And she called back, my friend, to her brother, and she said, everything is being taken care of. Beluch Hashem, it's not costing anything. What should I do with some money? He said, keep it by you. No more than two days later, around Rosh Hashanah time, right before, I think, or right after, I don't know exactly. And as he's telling the story to me, he starts crying, and he says to me, he has tears in his eyes, of course, and he says, she calls me up, and she tells me, that she passed away suddenly, abruptly, obviously the medicine didn't work because when time is up, time is up and what's meant to be is meant to be but she started crying, she said you won't believe it we want her to be, there's no place for it to be buried, in those times in Israel, I don't know if it's different today you have to give the money up front to be buried in specific places where it's very important for you to to bury and the mother wanted to be buried next to, to that city and there, and, and it cost eight thousand dollars to get to get to that specific grave, so he said it was mind boggling for him because how would they get the money and they needed to get the money on on that second, and you see how Akakaishbuhu orchestrated the whole story, then indeed the money will be there on time for the burial to take place for the Leviah to take place, and she'll be able to be buried next to where her family lives and, and it was a very important place that she always said she wanted to be buried so, so he was telling me this story to show how evident it was for him that HaKadosh Bokhu ruled the show and so why am I sharing it with you, Dafka, now? because I think there are many stories like this that you hear and the truth is, as we know and we mentioned in the past everything is really one big optical illusion HaKadosh Bokhu is running the show we just have to look for it that going into these days, getting closer and closer to Rosh Hashanah, we put things in perspectives, into perspective. Sorry, and live life in a way that shows that we know how Baruch Hu is in charge. Good Shabbos. This is the Prism of Torah podcast. Druvasaf our imprisonment. Please share with your friends and family. Prismoftorah.com is where you can find the full archive of DeVritura. You can contact us through the website. Once again, prismoftorah.com. This podcast was produced for free by early podcast production. Yakov Alexander, Ben Mordechai, Isaac, Ben